Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are celebrating not only veterans, but veterans who are entrepreneurs to talk about not only their experience in service, but how it really helped prepare them to move into the business and business ownership world. And my guest today has an incredible background and is doing some amazing things with it. Mary Kelly is a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. She spent over 20 years on active duty in intelligence and logistics, so you know she gets down to the nitty-gritty. She retired from the Navy as a commander, has a master's degree in history and economics, and a PhD in economics, so she knows her numbers without a doubt. Now, a couple other things that I think are really phenomenal. She's right now known internationally as an economist and a leadership expert. She specializes in leadership, but also in productivity, communication, business profit growth, those things that all go together. Now, she's not only just an energetic and engaged speaker, but she's also the author of 13 books, just to name a couple, Resiliencies, Seven Skills to Bounce During Tough Times and Your Personal Strategic Plan, and uh, Five Minutes Per Week. I can't wait to know, learn, learn more about that. But uh, one more that I thought was really great was Master Your World, 10 Dog-Inspired Lessons to Increase Productivity, Profits, and Communication. So she's got a lot on her plate and a lot to tell us. Mary, thank you so much for joining us today. Michael, thank you so much for letting me be on the show, especially the show that you are doing to highlight the military and military entrepreneurs. I'm really honored. It has been an honor for me. We did this last year for the first time, uh, mostly because I have such great connections with DAV, so Disabled American Vets, and really got invested because of a friend of mine in terms of what we can do to not only highlight vets, but to really help them understand what kind of experiences they can take into the working world or into the entrepreneurial world. So we're ha- we've been having a great time with it. And I hit the highlights of your career, but tell us a little bit more about your your career in service and especially your time at the Naval Academy. That had not been very easy to go through. But you know, tell us how that time your service helped you personally to shock your own potential. Well, military service is really part of my family's heritage. My uncles, my cousins, everybody is military. I have three siblings. Everyone was active duty. Their spouses, except one, everybody was active duty. So my older brother was a Marine helicopter pilot. His wife was a naval officer. My sister's the Air Force officer. She married a naval officer. My husband was a force recon Marine. My younger brother was a Navy pilot. He married a school teacher. And I need to let you know, we really need her in our family. We, (laughs) We are all about the military service and all of the character traits that go along with that. And my older brother, his wife, my brother-in-law, my young brother, and I all went to the Naval Academy. We were wildly fortunate to be able to do that. And what that teaches you, a few things that the Naval Academy taught me early on was you get it done and you get it done now. Number one. Number two, don't waste time. Time Mm -hmm. is a 
Our life is a finite number of unknown minutes, and we cannot afford to waste it on things that don't matter, things that aren't important, or things that long-term don't serve us. They don't give us joy. That's not reaching our full potential. At the Naval Academy, before you have an important event, you have a warning. So there's a five-minute warning, and then there's like a one-minute warning. And you learn, I can get a lot done between that five-minute and that one-minute warning. So we have to value our time, and we have to get things done now. And as Mel Robbins says, if you think about something and you want to get things done, you have to do it in the next five seconds. Take some kind of action, or things just don't happen. And this is where I think military training really helps. I love that. And it's so true because, you know, so many times and people always ask me what shock your potential really means. And I always say, you know, we all have potential. We all know it, but we all, we don't always take those steps to realize it. And so sometimes you need something or someone outside of you to give you that zap, like that little jolt that kind of wakes you up, that brings your eyes open and says, okay, if I'm going to do this, I better do it. And I think that perfectly aligns to your to your comment about do it, do it now. If you're going to do it, do it. You've got the opportunity. Use the time you have because it is greater than you think it is. And one of the things I love about your podcast, Michael, is in the potential side of the world. You know, when we're thinking about doing something, we oftentimes go to our family and our friends and say, what do you think? I'm telling you, I think that's patently ridiculous and a little dumb. And here's why. <laughs> because your family remembers when you when you were five and ate paste. They're not yes. going to say, they're not going to maybe picture you as the CEO of your organization. And maybe your friends, if your friends are not wildly successful, sometimes they don't push you to be your best self. And this mm-hmm. is why I love your podcast, because we've got to be in the space where we help each other be their best potential. You don't have to be my potential. I don't have to be your potential, but I do have to be my best potential because otherwise to not do that, I think is kind of misusing the gifts and the opportunities we have. I think we owe it to ourselves and the people around us to be great, to be as great as we can. Now, some days are harder than others. We all get that, but we still have to keep each other accountable and hold each other to a higher standard. Yeah. And I think you're right too. And I, and I know this probably relates to it, you know, about who you're going to for advice or what should I do? Because, you know, we also know that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and asking business advice or career advice with somebody who's not at that same point is not very helpful. But I had to laugh as you were talking about your family, because my 89 year old mother still says, I don't know really what you do, but I'm sure you're really good at it. (laughs) Thanks mom. (laughs) Appreciate that. I love it. I have an 89 year old mom too. And she says, um, I, I know you travel around and talk to groups of people and you know, do they love you? I'm like, mom, well, I think they like me. I think love is a little strong some days, but maybe, you know, isn't that, that's what they want for us. They want us to be loved and liked, which is good. I mean, then that's part of a good thing too. So how did your um, service, and you already gave some highlights to this, but, you know, really kind of diving down a little deeper, what of your service really helped you to become a good entrepreneur, you know, to really boost that entrepreneurial spirit, what things, you know, have helped you and aided you along the journey? What I loved about being in the military was you change jobs every two to three years. You change Mm -hmm. bosses, you change roles and responsibilities. You're constantly learning, constantly changing, constantly adapting. Frankly, I like that. 
I was never that kid who knew what they wanted to be when they grow up. Um, I don't know, an astronaut and a fireman and a ballet dancer. I mean, I had no idea. The military kind of fed into my sense of ADD and ADHD, and I'm not really sure what I want to do when I grow up. So it gave me all of these great job opportunities. And I got to travel and see different things and meet new people. Well, I like all that. And as it turns out, that's what I get to do with my business now. So I got to learn about things like budgeting in the military. When you've got million dollar budgets, you get good at budgets. You, I mean, and you think a million dollar budget, oh, well, we won't worry about an extra, you know, few grand here or there. Oh, no, no, no. You worry down to the penny. So yeah. certain things like that really helped me figure out, number one, you know, what did I want to be when I grow up? And second, what was I good at? What did I naturally intrinsically? understand that I could turn into a business later. Certain jobs I was not as good at as I would have liked to have been. I was an HR director for a couple of years. And while I tried really hard, I just don't think I innately had that skill set. Um, and now I talk to Sherm groups all the time and I love them so much because they are innately good at something that was frankly really hard for me. I had to struggle. So I think there's parts of that that helps us identify what our natural strengths are and what our natural not so strengths are. And then we can focus on what we're great at. Right. I agree. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of people are still of the mindset that we've got to fix all the things that we're not good at. But I always just say in many cases, sometimes you have to hone your skills, but other times you can hire for your deficiencies. And that's so much smarter that you're not trying to learn things that maybe you're not only not good at, but that you really don't like, which is why I'm not the CEO of or the CFO of my own companies. <laughs> I hate that part, but that's something that you excel at. Well, I like the numbers and the numbers come easily to me. I did not care for calculus or even statistics or algebra, but anytime there's a dollar sign in front of a number, it suddenly gets more interesting to me. I'm like, oh, I can, I know what to do with that. So that to me is a little bit, um, a little bit more interesting. And what you say about focusing on your strengths, not your weaknesses. I agree with that a thousand times. I, last week I was in five or six different cities for six different live events and I love being in front of people and talking. And you and I both know for many people, that is a huge fear. That is terrifying for many people. And yet we oftentimes tell people, oh, you need to get over your fear of public speaking. I think that's patently ridiculous. Wait a second. You don't sleep for three weeks ahead of time. Your hands get sweaty. Your stomach is nauseous. You start to sweat. You start to have a panic attack. Your heart rate increases. None of that can be good for you. Why do we do that to people? You know, nobody says, you know, Mary, I, I know that you've seen people who've been electrocuted. So, you know, maybe you should get over your fear of electrocution and maybe you should do your own, your own electrical work. Wait, what? That just makes no sense. Exactly. That reminds me of when I did a Tough mutter, and the last thing I had to do between me and that ice cold Dos Equis was the electrical shock that I had to run through. And people are like, you did what? I'm like, look, I had just There's gone beer. through. Yeah. I had 10 miles and 20 obstacles and there was a nice cold beer and it was really cold. It's <laughs> <laughs> motivation. People respond to incentives. Exactly. Well, before we uh, go to break, tell us a little bit about your books. You've written 13 books. Uh, what has What's prompted you to enjoy? And I love writing. I've published two. I've got many more in the works, but I'm always uh, interested in what, you know, gets people started on their writing journey. How has that been a, a part of what you're doing now? And how did you make that first leap into writing? I've been writing really since I was a kid. And while I was in the Navy, I co-authored a couple books for leadership for um, the Naval Academy and some other groups. 
and you know you don't get any royalties off that and all that so i had i had a nice foray into that so i had four books that that i was participatory in before i launched my own and then it became do you have something to say and is anybody interested in what what it is you're saying so that mm-hmm. was the master world book which still is doing really well um, and it's 10 principles that people just need to hear and so it's a nice reminder and that's how i use that i, I use it as a reminder one of the latest books the five minute leadership guide is how to improve your leadership and your focus and your priorities and de-stress and calm your brain in less than five minutes a day. And it's wildly effective. My uh, neurological studies have indicated that it actually works. And it's it's something you do in less than five minutes a day. It's like a leadership priority planner journal, but with very specific questions on what you're gonna do that day. And it helps people focus. Now, here's my mistake. I made my first iteration for a year, and then I realized people do not have that attention span. So now I have them as a monthly guide. And so it's something you carry around for a month, and then you just you you do them as the months go by. Yeah, that's true. Those of us with short attention spans sometimes get lost in something that's too long. <laughs> I get your ADD and ADHD thing. Absolutely. But that's how we get great creative ideas. You know, yeah. you start to think about things and your brain just goes, oh, we got this. And after yeah. a while, I don't know about you, but I've learned to trust my brain and go, okay, brain, you got this now. Okay, take it away. And part of that is also knowing when you're wrong. Part of it is also looking at your your baby, your book and saying, hmm, maybe this isn't doing what I want it to do. Maybe there's a way to make it better. Right. That's why I have a second edition of my first book too. <laughs> I totally agree. But nah, there's some things we need to go back in and fix in that. I love it. Well, Mary, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Mary Kelly, and we are talking about productive leaders, but we're also talking about her um, amazing time in the service, but also what you've done since then that has really sparked your own entrepreneurial journey. So tell us a little bit more about what you do today, about your company, how what you do helps other people to shock their potential. My company is called Productive Leaders because who wants an unproductive leader? And yet when we look around the workforce, we've got a lot of people who are unproductive. We have leaders who are afraid of making decisions. We have workers who are not engaged. Right now, we know that over 60% of workers are fairly disinterested at work. Less than 17% of American workers claim, and this is what they admit, to be fully engaged in the workplace. And that's a little bit scary. So when you think about it, wait a second, Almost 80% of our workers are not fully engaged, and yet less than half of them have any intention of leaving. So you've got a workforce that's unhappy and disengaged, and they're going to stay with you. This is not good. So one of the things I try to do with my audiences is help our leaders re-engage, re-ignite, re-motivate their teams so that they stay focused on things like the vision and the mission and the goals in a way that people love to come to work. So I get to talk to conferences. I'm... um, 
I get to speak for conferences. I work as a corporate advisor. Sometimes an organization will want me for, you know, one half day a month. Sometimes it's one day a month. Sometimes it's every month, whatever that looks like. And the idea is to improve all the things that are important to your employees, their morale, their productivity, but also their sense of satisfaction and happiness from work. You know, right now, a lot of people claim that they've got a work-life balance problem and it's not work less, have more life. It's get more satisfaction out of the life you do have. And I think that's key because how, how many of us in the military, you go weeks and weeks and months and months and months without a day off. And nobody's that worried about work-life balance because you know that what you're doing is really important. You've got such a high sense of purpose and mission and vision that you're not too worried about your work-life balance. Now, how do we translate that into the civilian world where you know there's other considerations? And so that's what I get to do. And I focus on the bottom line. As an economist, if a business is not making profitability, um, they're not making the profits they need, then they're going to be out of business. And so we've got to make sure that our businesses are taking the right steps in order to move forward and be wildly successful. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm taking some notes. I was thinking about two things jumped out at me. First was the, uh, you know, when you're talking about seven, less than 17% of the workforce is satisfied and in, and claims to be engaged. Um, and it first made me think about, you know, the, the statement, you know, what, what happens if I, you know, train somebody really well, and then they leave and the other, you know, flip side is what if I don't train someone and they don't leave, you know, so what is the impact on our business? But I was also thinking today, a study came out by Microsoft. I haven't finished all the data points on it, but you know, the headline was, is that our, uh, since COVID with people working from home or remotely, that the work week has increased by 10%, but the productivity has decreased. And I can't tell you what the percentage is. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that falls right into your line of just because we're working more or we're showing up doesn't mean we're productive. And if we're not fully engaged or productive, then we're not happy anyway. So why are we staying? But even worse than that is what is that doing to companies? And even if you can change, I mean, you think about the staggering amount of that number, even if you could change that number by 10%, what would that do to the profitability and productivity and the positivity of your workplace? That's something that's staggering, but it doesn't, it's not always on our top of mind because many leaders don't know how to fix it. That's exactly right. And I saw exactly the study you saw this morning, that 10% really stuck out at me too. And the question they asked people, which I thought was interesting was what, when you're tethered to work. So do you have your phone on that you're answering? So let's say you're at the grocery store. Does that count as work time? If you're answering calls in the checkout line, does that count as work? And that I think is part of the problem because people can't get their brain to focus in one area. So think about the last time, and especially this is for all my squirrel-minded friends out there. The last time you really focused on something and spent 10 minutes fully focused and got something done. And it's really critical to have that because our brain derives satisfaction out of crossing things off our list. We get that burst of happy hormone in our brain and it gives us that sense of accomplishment. Well, right now, part of the problem is we're not getting that sense of accomplishment. We're not able to manage our time. We don't feel like we've got as much control over our time. And that is what leads to the burnout and the exhaustion and people feeling like, again, it's feeling like it's not always the truth, but it's feeling like, hey, I'm working more. I'm not getting as much done and I'm just less focused. And you and I both know that when people are in times of crisis, challenge or change, which we've certainly had lots of, but we've always had lots of it. Let's, let's be fair about this. This is just a different, this is just a different set of challenges. We've just got to work through it. 
But in any time of crisis, challenge, or change, our stress levels increase, our stress buckets increase. We were stressed out before this happened, and now, oh, a global pandemic, and work from home, and then modify your office, and then homeschool your kids. Yeah, because you've got a degree in education, and then manage all these other things, and then care for your 89-year-old mother, and then take, I mean, and all of a sudden, our stress buckets start to overflow. And I think we sometimes mistake that for work-life balance, whereas if we could alter our thinking and say, isn't it great that during this time of global pandemic, I am well equipped to deal with the crisis challenges or changes around me. I've got opportunities to learn from other people like Shock Your Potential podcast. I've got the opportunity to have resources that 10 years ago we just didn't have. I am better equipped now to challenge the future than I have ever been. And I got this. That's kind of what I like to focus on. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it, it takes, you're right. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we've had challenges, but we always have challenges. You know, before we went into lockdown, I, I remember a friend of mine um, in the neighborhood was talking about her, uh, she, her company had built a new building and they went into this building and it was all the open floor plan so that everybody could interact. And she was like, you know, it was, she goes, it's overwhelming to me. It's overwhelming to have people coming at me all the time. And she's in, in the legal department. She's like, sometimes that's, you know, you're trying to deal with, with really sensitive issues. So, you know, you're trying to find spaces. And she said, I'm overwhelmed though, by so many people having access to me when I need most, so much focused time. And then you go into a completely different situation. You're like, now we're siloed. And so one of the things we were talking about was how do you find that balance as you start to go back in the workplace? What have you learned from both? Mm -hmm. How do you integrate it? How do you make space for yourself now that you go back to that environment? How do you keep that? But also how do you engage with people again? Because you have to figure out how to do it differently. If, we, if we're smart, we will learn, we will take the lessons we've learned and we will use them to make us stronger instead of um, see them as, okay, now I'm back to normal. Let's learn from all of this. There were, there were positives to both situations. Absolutely. Yes. And I hear that a lot of times when people say I'm overwhelmed, I'm like, you're not overwhelmed. You're just, your, your brain is disorganized. So let's organize your brain. And people are like, what? I'm like, no, you're fine. Don't, don't, don't worry that you're overwhelmed. You're going to be okay. And here's what we're going to do to solve that in the military. When we launch planes off a carrier deck, we have a checklist. When we're going to move lots of people around, we have a checklist. So for my business, when I started my business, I created checklists for me. And then all of a sudden I went, wait, other people could use this too. Oh, yeah. And this is, so I have these things I call the five minute business success solutions. They are one page. And um, if your audience people want that, they can get these for free just because of you, because you're awesome. Um, I have things like it's a five minute plan for business and vision and goals and productivity and work-life balance and focus and how to plan better meetings and employee engagement and employee relationships and feedback. I've got 80 of them. So I put them all together in a 12 month planner. And that is available for your people, totally free, um, totally, totally free. And if they've got their phone, some people are listening to this driving, they just text the word dog, always dogs. We love our dogs. One dog, <laughs> one dog, text the word dog to 66866, and it will send them a link to where they can grab this 12-month planner. This is what my executives use. And also there is the COVID-19 and the Future of American Business white paper I authored, showing people where the opportunities are to move their business into the future. And then there's a couple other goodies just for your group. Some people need a little revision of their, of their business plan, so that's there. And then there's a bunch of the single downloads of the five-minute success plans. And it helps people get focused, stay focused, and get things done. 
Beautiful. I will do it myself. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the first time and I've read it multiple times, but the checklist manifesto is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite books to remind us how important checklists are. And the fun thing is, is that after reading that the first time in my office, I painted one whole wall as a whiteboard. whiteboard. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. It's so great. So when I have that random thought and I don't want to write it down somewhere, but because I need to do it today, I write it over here and then such a sense of satisfaction to erase it when it's done. And today I only have four things up there. That's pretty good. (laughs) And it makes you feel satisfied. You get that little endorphin rush like you were talking about. You know, and I did the same thing. I painted my whole wall as a whiteboard because then I can, I can have ideas. I can write, I can have these things that I take pictures of them and oh, oh, so great. I know. I love it. If people are like, you do what? I'm like, you have no idea until you get this and do this. I've had it for 10 years now. It's like, this is the best thing. And the neighbor kids come over and they can draw on the walls. <laughs> um, and it's, and then when they go home and do the same thing, oops, sorry. Sorry. Hey, look, I didn't tell your kids to do it. <laughs> I love it. Well, Mary, you have great resources for us and a lot of really um, you know, positive reminders of what we can control and should control in our, li- in our lives, our businesses, and our, and our professional careers. We're going to have all your contact information on the show notes, including the uh, texting of the word dog. So we'll have that there too. And we'll have links to all of your books that we can find. So, um, but where, if somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Thanks so much for that. It's productiveleaders.com is how you find me. I do answer my own emails. It's Mary at Productive Leaders. If somebody's just got a question and for my fellow veterans out there, um, I just want to say that whatever you're doing right now matters and we need you and we need you to take all those things that you learned in the military, all the things that frustrated you in the military about your bosses. Well, now you're the boss. So don't make those mistakes. (laughs) Um, And for my fellow vets out there, the one area where we tend to not be strong is in sales and marketing because we tend to not promote ourselves. So I just need to remind you that uh, the music is playing. And if you're not making the music, people aren't hearing you and they need your goods and services and your products and your brain and your, and your street smarts and your business acumen. So go out there and do this. And if you need a little encouragement, this is why you've got podcasts like Shock Your Potential. Excellent. I love it. Well, Mary, before we go, even though those were great words of wisdom, do you have any other last words of wisdom or pearls of advice? Uh, it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But the way to but the way to be successful in running a business is to is to set a schedule, wake up every day, plan your work, work your plan, figure out what you have to do in order to take that next step forward. And don't get distracted by the little things like your emails and things like that. If you wake up every morning and say, the first thing I'm going to do today is what's going to make my business more successful, what's going to make money, that will help you stay focused. Because in a world where everything is unfocused, we've got to be laser-like focused on what we've got to do next. Absolutely. I so agree. Mary, thank you so much, not only for sharing your story and thank you for your service, but thank you for motivating us. And uh, I have just absolutely enjoyed having you as a guest today. Thanks so much, Michael. What a pleasure. See you again soon. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.